look, I'm out here because I wanted to fuck a little kid. <laughs> Leave me alone! From the smallest room in New York City. You drew first blood! Comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Wow. A city of 50,005 people just across the Hudson River from Manhattan Island was once known only to dread savages who lived in harmony with nature and mostly minded their own business. Known as the land of the tobacco pipe, so named by the Lenape Indians in reference to the soapstone, which was gathered there and used to carve pipes. The Lenape were fairly literal when it came to naming shit. The area the Lenape inhabited was known as the land of the Lenape. Uh, Englishman Henry Hudson from England, who discovered New York, arrived in 1609, was the first European white guy to step foot on the land of the Lenape. And the first thing he did was introduce himself. I'm Henry Hudson. Then he said, this river is now called the Hudson River. Because they were probably calling it something stupid. Like the land of the water. <laughs> uh, well, uh, he, he uh, laid the foundation for Dutch colonization there. And uh, uh, the area along the Hudson. And uh, he, he, it's presumed he died two years after that when his crew staged a mutiny and allegedly set him adrift on a tiny boat in Hudson Bay. He's never seen again. Today, the once stupidly named Land of the Tobacco Pipe, now better known as the birthplace of Frank Sinatra. It's the Mile Square City, Hoboken. You're joining me now, Gavin McKinnis. You, do you know a lot about history? I do, and I, my wife's Indian, and I made three more. Well, they're half Indian, but they're still probably eligible for cheese and stuff. You're eligible? Well, they get a lot of money from their casino every month. You're shitting me. No, and they get money from a land deal, and they get uh, uh, free college and stuff. Man, no kidding. Can, do you, can you hook me up with, like, some cigarettes? <laughs> I'll get you cigarettes. They, they have to be t- at least 25%, and they do. I had to do a pap smear or whatever. I had to do my DNA. A pap smear. <laughs> check my, that's when they check your vagina, That's right? when they look at your pussy, yeah. <laughs> okay. they, your pussy has nothing to do with they that. They did the swab in the mouth thing. I don't know why. I guess they had to prove. I, I'm not getting any money, but anyway, uh, yeah. Th- I, well, wait, I, so, I mean, you're, you're not claiming to be any Indian, are you? I know. Why <laughs> not? You just need the wife's thing, the Indian side. I think that they were just like, no, you got to do this too. Well, I think there's so many jobs when there's bullshit money around that they just sort of keep out. Like we were talking with Ezra Levant about this the other day where... The, the Canadian Nazi Party mm-hmm. had all these Jews in it to uh, infiltrate it, but they ended up being the majority of the members. And he goes, oh, I don't know great. why this continued. And I go, because it was jobs. There was a desk called the Nazi Infiltration Desk, <laughs> and when they ran out of Nazis, that person's not going to give up their job. So it just kept going, and that's probably no, why I had Still to a huge up. problem. I mean, they're still everywhere. Big. Let me tell you, I'm on to some shit. It's uh, whenever you have bureaucracy, that's what happens. It seems like it all spreads out. Somebody gets a lot of money, especially in this government that we're dealing with in New York City. Uh, they had a story in the New York Post yesterday. Uh, now, they don't run a lot of anti-de Blasio stuff in, in the Post. You know that. Uh, <laughs> they're his biggest cheerleader. But oh. they said he's appointed, like, a, a ridiculous number of assistants, and, and there's no, like, oversight on that. They answer it only to him. Was it $87 million, or was it $18 million? How many millions of dollars? It was, I believe, $18 million 18 to Bloomberg's million. $13 million that they had set up for him uh, initially. And I, I do you know, when I read right that here. $18 million, I just thought, this guy was elected because his son has cool hair. That's it. That's it. That was his uh, primary qualification. It really was. People don't believe me. Look at his his popularity, right? It was nothing, nothing, nothing. Then his son gets out there. He's black. He has a big afro. And he goes, blah, 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 de Blasio this, de Blasio that. And he's my dad. Poof. 
yeah. instant superhero. Because, and you know what it is? It's kind of a weird uh, bigotry of low expectations where we see black women as unattractive. If someone mates with one, you go, <laughs> that was awesome. Like, if I married Leslie Jones, uh-huh. I would be a god yeah. among liberals because they secretly think she's disgusting. De Blasio, anyway, de Bla- well, they saw his kid, they saw his black wife, and they went, you're a god, and now he's in office. He's an idiotic pothead socialist, and he's spending millions upon millions on assistance. Well, his highest paid special assistants are uh, Victor Kalise. Uh He makes $206,203. For the 2016. The disability guy, right? Yeah, exactly. He's a special assistant slash commissioner, mayor's office for people with disabilities. And and they come out and just say, uh, one of his uh, guys here, de Blasio's guys, he goes, it's usually given to one of our political guys as a way to bring them on board in the administration without any problems, whether or not they have the job requirements. <laughs> a de Blasio <laughs> administration subtle. source said. It's uh, the Crony Express is, uh, is what this is called. Uh, the 264... De Blasio buddies, uh, they really swelled it up. It's forty uh, percent of the entire mayor's office staff. It cost taxpayers eighteen point seven million dollars. Uh, it's 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 just like once you're in, you're in. That's it. You know, I mean, it's like amazing. they they uh, they they definitely pay off. Well, this train wreck, only one lady got killed, and uh, her name was Fabiola Bitar. Uh, I want to make sure I get her name exactly right. I mean, because... Uh, Dacoon. De Clune, I think. It might be De actually. I think you're right. What's Let's that, a Dutch name? She's a Brazilian lawyer. She just moved here. Uh-huh. She was looking at real estate. They were sick of the commute, I believe, and they were wanted to move to the city. And she was standing pretty far from it all. Yeah. But Rube Goldberg's series of I-beams crushed her, and uh, she was the only death. And it just goes to show you... I was saying earlier, my, my lawyer uh, and I live in the same place, and, and I'm new to commuting, and she said to me, you don't go in the first car, you can be killed if there's a crash. Yeah. And I, I thought that just sounds so mathematically unsound. Well, uh, you know, it's it's uh, being worried about a train crash is like being worried about, uh, you know, a tornado or something. You know yeah. I mean? It's not happening too often. How many died, like, look at the past 10 years in New York, and the average per year, it's got to be three? Uh, train, uh, train deaths? Yeah. Well, you know what? If you count the subway, it would probably be more, but a lot of those are suicides. Right, right. Uh, they get their leg cut off or some shit like that. The woman's name was DeCroon. Fabiola Bitter DeCroon, and we want to, uh, you know, give our condolences to uh, the uh, Bitter DeCroons, uh, the rest of the family. Uh, she was alone death. 114 injured, though. Three critical, 11 serious. Among the injured, the engineer, Thomas Gallagher, 48, 29 years with New Jersey Transit. He's worked on the railroad the majority of his live-long life. And is dutifully cooperating with the NTSB investigators. But he says the last thing he remembers is glancing down at his watch. He woke up on the floor, and it says here his shit was all fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, does it really? No. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. Talk like a fag, and your shit's all (laughs) retarded. Inside a historic Hoboken terminal, though, meanwhile, uh, that was built in 1907. Major hub for the New York metropolitan area. Do Do you ever go through Hoboken for any reason? Yeah, I used to I go upstate. I would go through there. Mm-hmm. Panic commuters scrambled to take cover in the midst of their quaking and bent steel. With the roof of the train collapsed, bloody passengers, their clothes soaked with blood, and trying to help uh, one another get out. Bring me my brown pants. You ever heard that joke? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how loud it was. Crying, <laughs> y'all. 
Like Transformers it's, getting out of bed. It's about like the E train stopping on Twenty Third Street, though. <laughs> right, yeah. Weekend yeah. breaks, man. Uh, the the sound was uh, variously described as a as a deafening bang, uh, as a uh, a loud explosion. It what a sounded mess. like the Brooklyn Bridge having a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to put a giant wallet in its mouth. It sounded like that scene in The Wiz when <laughs> he needs oil. Now, I now Governor's Fat and and Governor Cuomo Cuomo both weighed in to stress uh, to the public what they do not know. Uh, the one thing we know is that the train came in at much too high a rate of speed, and the question is why is that? Added Cuomo, it could be personal to the conductor, it could be equipment failure, it could be anything. The problem is the lack could be of two things: a yeah. drunk or a Muslim. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's right. We're, how many Saudi nationals were on board that train? Yeah. And 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 why did he just black out? He says he just blacked out. Was Bill Cosby trying to fuck him? And by the way, uh, the trains should be designed such that if a guy does black out, it senses that there is a station coming and puts on the brakes automatically. I've got a theory about that. I think that uh, the unions are probably (laughs) resisting that technology. They've been trying to put it in for years. And uh, I think once they put that in there, they don't need the guy anymore. That's a good theory. And I think that's why they're not doing it. Now that they have no, a why bad do you need record. a train conductor? Is a train not on tracks? Yeah, it's on tracks. What are you steering? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, a subway, so many stops and starts, there's too much left to, you know, and they need to, you know, a lot of, I can see why you'd have somebody on the subway. Cor- sort of. Can you, though? I mean, the doors try to close. If you hold them open, it goes clong, clong. People get annoyed. Mm-hmm. It's not like someone laid a log down. You have to go in and get the log out of the way. <laughs> And as far as jumping in front idea, of though. it goes, well, people jump in front of it, and if there's a guy there, it doesn't matter. They time it such that they're going to fucking kill themselves. Usually, yeah. Every once in a while, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll be able to stop. We don't need you, engineers. <laughs> Sawi. And make... by the way, can I say something? Yeah, sure. Can I hog the mic here? Hog it. So I'm new to train riding, right? I'm sitting on a train, and I'm thinking to myself, not impressed. With the train ride? With trains in general. They've been around for how many hundreds of years? Yeah, not long time. really. Like the Metro North, it's got nice seats, leathery kind of uh, vinyl seats. Okay, mm-hmm. you've had hundreds of years, and you go about as fast as a car. It takes yeah. an hour to get from Westchester to New York mm. uh, by car or by train. Doesn't matter what you take. Yeah, subway from Williamsburg to this studio here, it's twenty minutes by uh, bicycle or thirty minutes by train, and yet. They still have accidents, you know what I mean? They it's still like, have it, accidents. It's like not even safe. It should be perfectly accident-free, and it should go at 500 miles an hour. The federal data, data suggests uh, New Jersey transit trains have a sordid past, and, by, and federal data is, of course, the most empirically, unassailably, objectively true type of data. Since 2011, New Jersey transit trains have been involved in more than 150 accidents that cost more than $4.8 million in damage to tracks and equipment. They've paid more than $500,000 to settle safety violations, and when they pulled the black box out, it didn't work. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm smelling bloated unions here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right, because like that's what else could hold that industry together? I'm really just stealing your theory and adding the word smelling and bloated. And that's why I agree with it so wholeheartedly. <laughs> what, 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 now? I, I'm stunning. I came up with my own theory. Uh, I think that the unions are uh, making this a lot worse. <laughs> it's dickhead Pat Dixon. <laughs> uh, now, uh, 
Let's Canadian move on. Dixon, it's all about the union. Mr. Gorbachev, <laughs> tear down this wall. Uh, police believe they've identified the man whose corpse was stuffed in the trunk of a burning car at a Queens Park. Seems to be 44-year-old cross-dressing prostitute, Maurice Jones. Uh, Maurice is dead? Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. I hope you're not just finding this out. That's awkward. Well, I, I, uh, a lot of people would call him Maurice, but I would call when I would call him Maurice afterwards. I'd go, wow, <laughs> yeah, because he's a whore. Well, because he's a smoker, he's a toker. Oh, that yeah. got it. Oh man, I tell you, you know what? Something about a Steve Miller reference. It just doesn't hit me between the <laughs> eyes the way it should. Uh, he was uh, Jones was strangled before being set on fire. Uh, which would be the more uh, convenient order to do that in? You know, it's difficult to strangle a prostitute when they're on fire, no matter how yeah. no matter how cross dressed they are. Don't recommend. It's it. like the saying: "Burn before strangle, you're in for a tangle." Strangle then burn. <laughs> <laughs> Rhymes help you learn, right? Well, the the charred uh, cross dressing prostitute was found inside Ida Wild Park, Springfield Gardens, about 11:45 p.m. The trunk of a 2010 Neon Sentra with very little resale value at this point. Hmm. I think there was probably around thirteen hundred. We're seeing a pattern. Wasn't the head of Black Lives Matter the only straight one? By the way, wasn't he recently burned and thrown in a car by cops? <laughs> <laughs> probably by cops, right? No, it was not by cops. But he, the head, a, a top guy at Black Lives Matter, Post Ferguson, was killed, and, and uh, I believe his, his charred body was thrown in the back of a car. Of a 2010 Nissan Sentra. And uh, no, I hadn't heard that. I guess that must be like the uh, method of murder du jour or something. You know? yeah. so like we had a, just had a tranny in Turkey who was also charred to death. It's the hot new murder. Was it a Nissan Bull, Turkey? It was a Nissan Sentra Bull. <laughs> Uh, the remains were burned beyond recognition. No one has seen Jones since his car was set on fire. That's kind of why they figure it was him, because it's his car, and no one's seen him since anybody set it on fire. The, sometimes the detective work they do. <laughs> <laughs> it says here now, attempts to reach his family have been unsuccessful. And don't you think whoever's trying to reach them were kind of happy about that, <laughs> considering they had a lot of bad news? <laughs> like, here's the deal. You know he's a prostitute, right? Yeah, the phone is like... <laughs> all right, they're not there. I almost had an entire ring. What am I going to do? Like, stay on the phone all day? That's not it yet. He was doing it with men, uh, and uh, and oh. also he's dead. <laughs> and oh, hello. You have found our baseball coach? Yes, tell him we relief. have a game on Saturday. <laughs> Where is he? Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, police said Jones, a former employee of St. John's University, was a cross-dressing prostitute placed ads on Backpage, but it's not immediately clear if those activities led to his death. Here's what's interesting. Uh, his roommate told investigators that Jones would entertain men in his room, usually dressed as a woman, and the victim had been, the victim had been arrested for prostitution before. Now, uh, here's the next quote, presumably still from the roommate. It says, My son, he was a good fellow. Ever since he was little, she told the Daily News. Uh, he was my right-hand man. He was always there when I needed him. But attempts to reach the family. <laughs> <laughs> what well, the fuck is that They about? only said Maurice was his right-hand man. They didn't say the owner of the right hand was easy to locate. <laughs> Wait a second. What do you mean? What, what, didn't he just say Maurice was my right-hand man? Yeah, but it says she told the Daily News, and she also refers to him as her son. Oh, I see, yeah. I thought and you ever said since... you couldn't find the family. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> His roommate is... 
as his mother pretending to be a roommate. As of this part of the article, the family has not been found. <laughs> Count three paragraphs later. Uh, we happen to have come across him. No need for me to go back three paragraphs. I'm not a time traveler. Come on. We interviewed her. You get the quote. You know it's a mom. What do you think of this guy? We don't right fraternize here? with those other paragraphs earlier on. Do you know this guy? Have you seen him before? Yes. Okay, so you know that's John Cruz, and he is now finally convicted. We covered this story last year. Former teacher and debate coach at one of the city's most competitive high schools pleaded guilty in federal court to one count of receiving child pornography. Former teacher. Now, let me tell you, this is a New York Times article, and I think it's, and I'm going to read it word for word, just as it is reported in the Times, and I'll tell you why, because I think it's very pro. This child molester. I was going to say that. I was going to predict that they, because they're all about sabotaging the nuclear family. Yeah. So that in, started with gays and whatever, single moms, and they ran out of those. So now they're they're going pro-pedophile. And this isn't just the New York Times, Salon, Slate. They're all defending pedophiles. Yeah, I noticed that uh, there, there was a video that you had on uh, Gavin McKenna's show where the guy was basically, uh, the assertion was that it's just like they're discriminated against almost. They're almost like victims. Yes, he wanted to, he wanted to make sure you saw him as a pedophile, not a child molester. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never molested children. Yet. Yeah, I want to. But he actually said that. He goes, I, I've had desires. He said he was looking after a girl. Why were you looking after a girl? And he goes, when I had those desires, I just went and masturbated, and then I left town for a few days. Wow. You're a fucking saint. What a hero. Good for uh, the whole country, really, when the pedophiles have that kind of self-awareness. I guess it's better. Yeah, it was actually a prequel to Rocky. I mean, a, a prequel to Rambo. <laughs> so he left town for a while, and then he's walking with his backpack, and yeah. then this one cop... Wouldn't stop messing with him, and he's like, Real hard "Look, him, I'm yeah. out here because I wanted to fuck a little kid. <laughs> Leave me alone." Yeah, you drew first blood. Next thing you know, bullet strapped across the chest, <laughs> yeah. and he's fighting like a man. A former teacher. Now, the former teacher, John Cruz, resigned in March 2015 from the Bronx High School of Science. He was a popular figure at the school, where he was recognized as the tireless coach for the speech and debate team which became a formidable national competitor under his leadership. Oh, we just got to include that, huh? Yeah, yeah, we're going to go talk up his career. Now, the charge carries a minimum prison term of five years, a maximum of 20. As part of the plea, the prosecution agreed to recommend a sentence of approximately 11 to 14 years. It's just advisory, however, and Judge P. Kevin Castle of the uh, Southern District of New York will sentence Mr. Cruz in January. Now... According to the United States Attorney's Office, Mr. Cruz, 33, had multiple conversations on mobile apps and social media with at least five minors from July 2014 through December 2015. He paid the minors to send him sexually explicit photographs. During the proceeding, and, and, and that's pretty much the extent of the coverage of like what he did. The rest of it is uh, cheerleading. During the proceeding, the courtroom was crowded with Mr. Cruz's friends, relatives, former students, and the parents of former wow, students. Sounds like a bake sale. About three dozen people in all had come to support him. This is unusually broad support, said Steve Zissou. <laughs> Mr. Cruz's lawyer, you don't see this. Said the person in the article as he read what the, was around him. <laughs> this is a, a strangely supportive article I'm in. <laughs> yes. They, they, the New York Times showed up. Now, they know what he's done, and they know it's wrong, Mr. Zisu added, of the former students who came to court. But it doesn't undo all the wonderful things he's done. As Mr. Yeah, Cruz, as Mr. Cruz left the room, he turned to the crowd behind him and said, I love all of you. A chorus rose back in response, we love you. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, just to play devil's advocate here, 
what is a minor? I mean, is this a gay? Because a lot of the times with pedophiles, like when they talk about pedophile priests, mm-hmm. they're called homosexuals. Right. And it is a, a closeted homo right. who, he's not diddling three-year-olds. He's no, diddling 15-year-olds. So that's just called a horny gay who is immoral. Yeah. And I think all these anti-priest crusaders should know that they're actually homophobes. Now, if this guy is getting texts from 15-year-olds, I obviously want to hospitalize him. Yeah. But it's different than a bona fide, like, seven-year-old pedophile. Well, they were teenagers. I think they were as, as young as maybe 13, but they're not going into that stuff here. So I what I think they, you know, it's, it's funny because, like, um, if it's girls, then that offends you more, right? Of course, because men and women and gays are different. And that's the law should reflect that. A 15-year-old gay... Sending pictures to a 40-year-old gay man Mm -hmm. is gross. A 14-year-old straight boy sending pictures to a 40-year-old gay man is brutally egregious uh, time to hospitalize him. A 14-year-old girl sending pictures to a straight male is even worse than those others, I think. Really? Maybe not. I mean, I don't know. No, maybe it goes... It goes, gays are are just pretty bad. Then it's the straight, and then it's the <laughs> fortunate straight boy to the gay one. Well, it's an interesting distinction. I mean, like, it's all a lot of relative morality there. there and, but uh, it is different, don't you think? Because uh, yeah, a woman has I chastity. Guess. So, like, I, I called a woman a slut once. I got sued for 40 grand in, in vice do's and don'ts. You got to be fucking kidding me. No. A and slut? The, slut. Now, wait. Isn't that lawsuit itself slut shaming? Yeah, well, this was before slut shaming. No, I actually implied that she had fucked a rapper when she hadn't. It was a, a okay. just a typo, really. Yeah. Uh, but it became <laughs> just a typo. Well, I, yeah. She fucked this rapper. I mean, she didn't fuck him. That's what I meant to say. How could it be a well, typo? Well, he said, "Do you want to come with me and fuck around when I'm in uh, your town?" And I, I didn't see the bottom of the article said no, but I just wrote yes because <laughs> I, I didn't see the no. So it just was cut, and I thought, who fucking cares? You need to learn, Gavin. No means no. <laughs> Cost you it forty grand. Funny oh my now, God. but this was like twenty years ago when it wasn't. It was a different time. So it was back just when like, forty grand meant something to you. I know. <laughs> but it was. <laughs> Thanks it, for holding that in. It was. They were just riffing the whole. The whole thing was him hitting on her. The whole interview. Yeah. So it was just like another of him going huh and her going eh, eh, eh. So you didn't say you fucked her. You no, just said I, he's sort of. Uh, you can take me she, out when you're in town. Yeah. That's nothing. That shouldn't. That's not worth forty grand. Right. So that was, you know, we were owned by someone else at the time, and it's pussy lawyers. But the judge, the reason that the judge was so hard on us was, a woman's chastity has value because the law goes way back to the fifties, where oh, she's known as a slut. No one will marry her, and she won't have a life. Blah blah blah. It's a very antiquated view of women. But anyway, there is some merit to it, and a homosexual boy, like a seventeen-year-old gay, he's about to have. A thousand more lovers throughout his life. So his chastity doesn't exist. Whereas a woman, I'm sure, I know there's plenty of sluts out there, but still, technically, uh, you don't want, she's not going to have a thousand. Well, you think that his, the first dick he sucks is the same as the thousandth dick he sucks? A gay boy? Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's... their sex is irrelevant, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, you know, I mean, I, he has innocence at some point, doesn't he? Maybe you just don't care about it. That's, I guess, the question is there a little I'm bringing bit of, up. Is there a little bit of, uh, like, when you say that, is there a little bit of, like, uh, you're kind of throwing them on the trash pile a little bit? Yes. Kind of like, yeah. Yes. I guess <laughs> okay. what I'm saying is well, young gays have less innocence than young 
straights and young uh, girls. Yeah. Female straights. And, and, you know, the evidence is that I'm getting really deep into the weeds here. But uh-huh. if you want to pull back and have irrefutable evidence of that I'm right, uh, at least to bring this up, what's, what's, how horrible is it for a 35-year-old 10 of a teacher to fuck her 14-year-old male student? Well, I have a different view on that than a lot of people do. I think it's hot. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the, the, the kid is having the time of his life. There was a story the other day I read. It happened in Florida. This 15-year-old boy uh, had sex with two oh, I remember you know, that. fives, maybe. I mean, not even fours, threes. I think you're being harsh. I think you're being harsh. I would bring them up to sixes. The two blondes? I don't There's remember. Two different teachers. They, they, no, these weren't teachers. These were no, no, not that one. This oh. was just a couple of women. They had a pizza party, and then they go, they give him some beer, and they're like, "You want to go upstairs?" And then they just both fucked him, <laughs> and they look like Aunt Tilly, you know. Okay. And so, uh, you know, and they're in trouble. Well, it's a hot story, you know, but I mean, like, uh, I, I don't know where I stand on it as far as morally in the law because I just don't think I think they should be in prison for over four days. <laughs> And pay a $340 fine. Okay. That's a start. I mean, at least there's some punishment involved. Yeah. Because that boy is going to be traumatized for over an hour. Well, the funny part is they thought that a 15-year-old boy is going to, like, have a threesome and eat pizza on the same day and not talk about it. (laughs) 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 It's like his birthday. And I think this, that if a kid is a, a boy, he's 14 years old, he doesn't have the power to say no. True. He, and so, to me, that's where the rape comes in. It's because he's just as powerless uh, to, to, to not have, you know... Yeah, but I could shove a chocolate sundae down your throat. That's me violating your personal privacy. Chocolate sundaes are delicious. <laughs> yeah, they are. But maybe I'm trying to watch my weight. Yeah. Or maybe uh, a lot of things. It's so not anyway, good, but there's degrees of rape, basically. Yeah, I, I think the thing is, you just can't go... Yeah, it's uh, open season on 14-year-old boys, you know what I mean? Because I think the law has to be there to minimize that. Otherwise, bitches like this would troll for, you know, the junior high school kids and shit like that. You know, Is that so bad? I don't think it's so bad. Uh, it creates a, a situation where, uh, you know, I mean, older, older say ladies you're, say are... You're, say you're a dad and you've got boys, right? Yeah. And they're 15, 16, they haven't lost their virginity. Yeah. The blue-collar American, especially Floridian tradition, we'll say, like an ex-Marine who, who lives in Florida, he would probably buy his son's prostitutes, and that would give them sort of a sexual vocabulary, a mm-hmm. basic, you know, if you're going to Germany, like, I am hungry, hello, well, goodbye, thank you, right. just the basics of sex. This is, yeah, uh, are you wet enough? <laughs> <laughs> Does this I'm feel bad? I'm not going to just rabbit pump away, I'm going to take a break, maybe pull out eat you out, if I feel like I'm going to come too soon, and then go back in. Some some basics like that. Isn't that a good thing? Well, you know, that's that to me is different because that's something that's controlled by the dad. It's, yes. You know, and so I think in, the problem is when you have, like, some 38-year-old woman fucking a 15-year-old boy is that the 15-year-old boy is going to fall in love. He's not in control of it. He hasn't developed. He's not mature. And so she's also going to be involved with some dude who's going to beat the shit out of him or he's right. going to end up yeah, shot that's or something a good like that. He's going to get involved in a lot of adult situations, uh, which, which of course, you know, is, is horrible. I was raped uh, as, a, I think, an 11-year-old. Our babysitter, me and Donnie Hickling, our babysitter, Vicky, next door. She was drunk, I guess. It was New Year's Eve. Slowly. And she sat on top of us and made out with us, necking. <laughs> and we woke up the next morning. We 
fucking loved it, of course. Yeah. I wrote in my diary, what a horny night, and had balloons and stuff on. I'll never forget that page. And then we went over to her house the next day uh, because Vicky's our girlfriend. Yeah. So we're ding dong. Exactly. At, at, you know, kid time, 8 a.m. Uh-huh. We've already been up for two hours. <laughs> and <laughs> the mother comes down all hungover. What's going on? And Donnie and I are going, yeah, is Vicky here? Yeah. <laughs> we're ready to go. I guess we'll get breakfast. I don't know what... Uh, as guys do with our new girlfriend. So that was sad in a way. These yeah. poor, stupid boys thought uh-huh. they were starting it. But it's hilarious, too. We lived, you know, now a, a young girl going through that with her big babysitter with a mustache making out with her. Now that is like, he needs to be dragged behind a truck. Yeah, I, I, I think, too, the problem is with girls and the reason why, if there is a double standard, it's, it's not just because, it's because guys are horny. It's also because the you know, 15 year old girl gets pregnant. And that oh, fucks right, up yeah. everybody's life. Yeah, that's that's the impetus for yeah, the difference. I think so. Is that one side can get pregnant, but the problem with feminists is they've left women mo- vulnerable because they said you're dudes, and you go, okay, well, uh, that means that it, all the bad parts of being a dude are also my problem. So if I'm a 30 year old teacher and I get drunk and fuck a 16 year old boy, I am treated the same as if a man did that to a female. In theory, yeah. And 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 it does come along with some of the bad shit too, but it should, you know. It, it's like I I think it really should. Why why should it? Uh, I like double standards. They're not really double standards. They're just differences in gender, differences of in the sex. Truth. You have different genitalia. You like know, this. I got a lunch show on Fox News for saying about spring break. I go, if my daughter went down, I'd have a heart attack. If my son went down, I'd go, okay, I'm not happy. Careful down there. Don't Careful. don't uh, don't fall off uh, into a pool or some shit and break your head open. Yeah, don't get guy. mugged. But with the daughter, you're like, don't get gang raped when you're on Oxy and die and then get pregnant. Speaking of gang rape, this Death New York pregnant. Knicks player is uh, getting sued for $21.5 million for allegedly uh, gang raping. It's in a civil suit, so the burden of proof will be lower. Uh, the name's Derek Rose. I guess, uh, are you a basketball fan? No. Nope. I didn't think so. Me neither, and, and uh, I don't watch the NBA. But I've been following this story a little bit. They want to identify uh, Jane Doe here. The victim, and uh, they think that it's going to prejudice their case if they don't get to. And I think that makes sense. I think if you're going to sue somebody civilly in court, really, I don't think you should be able to have total anonymity in a situation like that. And why? Why do you want anonymity? Why did you not do this in a criminal case? Yeah, that's what I'd like to know. I think because the the burden of proof is higher. And here's the other thing: should you is being raped worth twenty five million? Twenty one point five. No, it's not. Well, the Should thing more is, more or less, like how much would you, how much would I have to pay you to let a homeless man, uh, but fuck me, but fuck you, I don't know, probably around twenty million at least. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the problem with that, right? What? And I always say this when people say that you're in your mansion, right? You're mm-hmm. in your indoor pool. I'm swimming next to you. I just showed up, and I go, Jesus, Pat, this place is beautiful. How did you like what? This is just comedy. I thought you had a show on Compound Media, and uh-huh. this is what were you making there? Like three hundred grand a year? This place is amazing. Yeah, and you go, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a, a brown stream following me in the pool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my bowels! I used to have control over them, you know, but now it's different. <laughs> Why are all the the chairs in this mansion uh, have giant holes in the seat? Yeah, that I don't want to talk about at all. Okay. <laughs> I gotta. I mean, it's. I, I'm uncomfortable sitting anyway. The truth. Is. Yeah, and then you're at all these fancy dinner par- dinner parties where people have cocktails. Yeah, so that's actually the the heir to the Johnson and Johnson throne. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and who's that over there, Pat Dixon? Oh, he let a homeless man <laughs> butt fuck him <laughs> for twenty minutes. <laughs> new money. <laughs> <laughs> new <Nouveau> riche. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, uh, in a win for Rose, a judge ruled that his accuser can't introduce a witness statement where she discusses Rose's request for group sex. You can't uh, include that? A judge ruled Monday that his accuser can't introduce a witness statement where she discusses Rose's request for group sex. Okay. So this hurts the woman's case because she claims she refused Rose's uh, repeated request for such kinky action. She won't be able to bring up witness statements about her state of mind after the incident, including that she felt depressed unless Rose presents evidence that she was happy and smiling the night of the alleged gang rape, the judge ruled. So these are very, they really parse this out, don't they? Yeah, these are really hard things to prove. Joy? Yeah, joy. I, I she she expressed joy. Well, that means I was depressed. I can say that now. She can't uh, bring up witnesses who say she confided in them that she was raped. The facts are hotly contested. Basically, it was him and some buddies, and uh, they came over to her place. She'd had a lot of drinks. She said she had at least five drinks during the party. Took a cab home, passed out, and then the uh, the accuser says she woke up the next morning with a pounding headache, a swollen feeling, and flashes of rose by her side. And his pals, Ryan, Allen, and Randall Hampton, having sex with her. So she just mem- remembers it. Uh, and uh, the guy, uh, Derek Rose, says, yeah, we all fucked her, but it was consensual. So I guess it's a matter of, like, if you're intoxicated enough, you know, is I mean, there's a level when you can't provide consent. And they just have to always try to determine where that person's at. Alcohol's a very weird drug. It is. And it's the majority of, it's there for the majority of fucks in America. Mm-hmm. Including married couples. There's married couples. I'm not naming names, but I might be looking in the mirror. Where the husband and the wife don't know if they fucked last night. How many of us have been conceived in dual blackouts? <laughs> That's but really... you know that guy, Roosh V? Yeah. He, he's got a beard. He was uh, uh, accused of being a rape, not just apologist, but he wanted rape legalized. And, oh, of yeah. course, with the, all these cases, you look it up, and it's never even close to what people are telling you. What he said was... If you couldn't prosecute rape, uh, if the circumstances included the woman saying, you can come home to my house, then he said women would be a lot more careful careful about who they invited back to their house. They certainly would. That's a fact. Now, it was a hypothetical thought game, and the, the purpose of the sort of riddle was to make you go, yeah, women shouldn't get shit hammered and go back to a basketball player's hotel. In mm. fact... Women shouldn't get shit hammered outside of the privacy of their own home. No, absolutely not. And and a lot of people think that's somehow sexist, but it's like you've got something very precious between your legs that everybody wants. Yes, you you've know? got a Ferrari. If you own a Ferrari, you shouldn't drive drunk. It's just like Kim Kardashian with like flashing her ring around. Exactly. This is five million dollars, and, and then they on would Snapchat. say, to, "Yeah, they would say to that, well, we have to teach people not to steal rings." Yeah, we're working on it. It's yeah. illegal to steal a ring. Yeah, and yeah, that's since the dawn of time. Yeah, it's one we of the fucking commandments for rape. Christ's sake. We throw them in jail for fifteen years when they do it. That's not teaching enough for yeah. you. You know, God uh, sent a fucking lightning bolt down, <laughs> put it in Moses. He chiseled it into stone, yeah. not to steal. And Don't do fucking it. steal, it said. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I mean it's ridiculous, and it's always victim blaming too. That's that's the other thing. It's like, oh, you're blaming the victim because they, you know, you should be allowed to. Uh, it's just like yeah, I am blaming the victim. I'm blaming the victim. The victim to, bears some responsibilities. Knowingly gave up on their instincts. If you walk around Harlem at three in the morning, s- stumbling all over the place, or worst, East New York, stumbling all over the place in a three-piece suit, yeah, you are asking for it. Well, we need to teach men not to mug. We're on it. 
It's well, and, uh, and the other thing too about women when they're shit faced at a bar or something is the guy will go, Well, she was flirting with me, and we say to her, Were you flirting with him? And she doesn't remember. Well, I'm trying to put a case together here mm-hmm. to protect you against rapists, and you don't even know what the fuck happened. Well, women don't know what flirting is half the time. You right. know, like women have this uh, what's cognitive dissonance that allows them to like feel the approval of another man and to feel his attraction. And to do things in order to, you know, heighten that, you know, like flip her hair and stroke her nipples or whatever. And yet uh, to be able to say, no, I'm not flirting. I'm just like this being friendly. I'd like to take this one step further. Yeah. So right now a woman is hearing this and going, oh, so you're saying we can't get drunk, only you can get drunk? Yes, I am saying that because you know what? You don't like getting drunk. Women don't enjoy. They are shitty drunks. Mm. First of all, they get weird. They, you know that I call my brother-in-law, and I call this the wine my wife has, like her fourth wine, the creature, where the creature comes out, and yeah. she says, like, oh, my God, that's totes Halarskis. And then she'll get evil sometimes, and you're dealing with this psycho who, they do this thing, if you notice with iPhones, where they want to play you a song, and they'll play some Madonna song, like, holiday, and uh. then <laughs> maybe, like, nine seconds in, they want to play another song. So you're just hearing someone go beep bop boop boop boop. Yeah. Play nine seconds of every song in the world. I like hold that. on. Oh my god. Oh my god. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. You're like, and you, you're like, you know what we do when we're drunk? We come up with interesting philosophies. Yeah. And say business sin- ideas. Yeah, business ideas or <laughs> scenarios like, what if no one had pants? And you're like, well, frostbite would be a thing. And you just take it through. And there's, there's. I know we're accused of violence, but the vast majority of pubs are just like, would you rather be buried alive or drown? <laughs> like, well, I've heard drowning can be quite serene. You sort of go into a deep sleep. That's us. Well, that's only in fresh water. Salt water, it makes you hemorrhage. See, I'm already interested. Yeah, it's painful. We're yeah. already getting interesting. But they, and you, they have those fruity drinks. Because their bodies go, I make babies in here. Don't put poison in here. Mm -hmm. So they have to have a Trojan horse of sugar Mm -hmm. sneak the booze in. What do we do? We have a maker's neat where it tastes like gas. It burns your throat as it goes down. And we enjoy the pain and the suffering. Yes, you have to try to learn to like it. It's an acquired taste, I think. and Except for maybe uh, the Scottish. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we like the suffering. Born with it. Basically... Women giving up booze is like you and I being told we can no longer attend modern dance recitals. Uh, I will live. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of crazy drunk women, though. And uh, I have seen very few women who have a beer. You know what I mean? Yes. It doesn't happen. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And if a woman gets drunk... uh, she's A few things are going to happen. You know, uh, she's she's going to get fucked... Or she's going to start a fight. Yep. And if a woman passes out on the sidewalk, free pussy. Yeah, it's really dangerous. And I, I, can you think of the last time you spoke to a slurring woman who was interesting or charming? I mean, think of how many charming drunks we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real, well, Basically, real I'm saying women don't want to be drunk. They do it because they want to be men. Same reason they smoke cigars and fucking say they love video games and kung fu. It's just an act, and ladies, it's a dangerous act. And so tr- just quit drinking entirely. Well, they're trying to ruin it is what they're doing. It's like strip clubs. You know, they have these things now where they go, this. oh, it's pole dancing. It's like a pole dancing class, and then this is a pole. Da- There's a show called Stick or Treat. No, not Stick or Treat. It's called Stick a Pole in it, and it's uh, these... Women who do it for, I guess, like uh, breast cancer awareness or something like that, they go up to the pole, packed with women in the room, right? Mm -hmm. So there's comedian and then this pole dancing thing. Sexy enough, I guess. But then (laughs) whenever they do anything, it's, woo! 
And it's the same woo coming out of like 50 women, okay? And like that's not, it ruins it. It turns yeah. it into a fucking, you're ch- and there's like, beautiful, you're beautiful, and all that kind of shit. Like, can you imagine being in a strip club uh, with a bunch of dudes going, woo, and you're beautiful? It's just a. If there's one thing women don't understand is strip clubs, and I, I call it pussy church. You go there, <laughs> and I'm actually starting to think that they're a very reverent and egalitarian, beautiful thing, strip clubs. It's women sitting there showing men their assholes uh-huh. as men sit there quietly admiring the contours of her anal lips. Yes. But there's no <laughs> there's no elbowing each other. In fact, you'll be there with your best friend. You won't say a word to him. At least when the chick is there, you know, it's rude. And you just sit there and sip your beer and stare into her one eye, <laughs> her brown eye, yeah. and admire its beauty. Yes. And it's uh, a, a, it's a really... It is a worshipful moment, you know, because never have I been more convinced of the reality of God than looking into, like, just not even the butthole, but just everything around it, you know what I mean? Like, as you see, oh, that's where it starts getting more pink and yeah, brown. Yeah, and the, yeah, you really you know, admire the contours sh- and the, the blending. Shading, <laughs> the blending. And even when the tits are pretty shitty, like droopers, it's not like she leaves and you guys both go, those tits sucked, right? You go like, oh, those aren't my cup of tea, and oh, I know a guy who likes those, and I kind of like those. Or say there was the worst pizza slice tits ever, just no meat in them at all, just skin, right? Yeah. Maybe in the car on the way home, you'd go, those pizza tits were unfortunate. And then the other guy would go, yeah. <laughs> and it would be sad. It would be like, that's a sad thing that happened to that poor like, woman's Now chest. I don't believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an atheist again. Speaking of nudity, now they have nudity. She has atheist tits. Do you know about nude stand-up? Yes, I do. We've had her on the show, Allison Klimt. Well, here she is in the New York Post right there. Yes, Isn't she something it. else? I tell you what. That's I know her boyfriend very well. That's a senior Jew correspondent, Nate Fridson. Oh, yes, he's a he's a very uh, good friend, and I, I wonder what that's like to have your girlfriend. Uh, you know, now here's here's the problem with it though. She says, uh, "Klimp says the show isn't meant to be sexy," and I dare someone to maintain an erection through the show. I mean, it's an hour and a half. I mean, I'm gonna have an hour and a half erection for Christ's sake. It's just an interesting experience for everyone. That's where I don't really. I, I think that. It's just like with the Go Topless Parade. They really want to be saying, here's the tits, here's everything that's sexy. It's not sexual. Don't make it sexual. It's this, again, uh, cognitive dissonance. They're pretending that it's not about sex when it absolutely is. Well, it's also, women aren't funny. They need to attract people to the show. They have this incredible currency called sex and their mm-hmm. bodies. Yeah. And they can't resist cashing it in. But instead of going, you fucking, like if you had a lemonade stand and you were nude, people go, you you copped out. Exactly. I mean, you cheated. You took advantage of your thing. It's like a fucking black guy dressing up like a gorilla. I mean, it's a Sambo thing almost. So anyway, you <laughs> do this. Really? I like that. Yeah. You you're like seven, you're like an Uncle like, Tom lady. Right? You know these boobies you want to see? Well, here they are. So we get to your comedy show. And then they twist it at the 11th hour and say, so anyway, this is about sexualization of women. And it's got this huge discourse behind it that's really complex. And I could fill a library with everything this means. No. People weren't coming to your comedy show, so you pulled your fucking tits out. Yeah, and we want to see naked bodies always. Everybody does. I want to see nude uh, tits and women and stuff. And the thing is, you, you there's no way to convince yourself it's not sexual because you're looking at it getting horny. How who how can you say what's sexual? Yes, that's what I don't understand. You think that you can make my mind think different? It's sexual to me in a miniskirt for Christ's sake. And now I'm looking at your fucking snatch. It's sexual. Trust me. Everything, when my my friend's mom serves me gnocchi, 
It's sexual. <laughs> I'm thinking about her in lingerie and wondering if, if her husband still fucks her. Yeah. It's all men think about. So you cashed in your chips. And I, I, I'll you know why they You know why they don't go along with it being sexual, though? Because then it becomes this thing where they have to, like, uh, you know... Do something sexual. It makes the pressure on. Now oh, you have I to see, be right. sexy. So it, it's a way of removing all of that and going like, I don't have to be sexy here. It doesn't matter if my body's not sexy. And they convince themselves that it's not sexual for that reason. It's all a mind well, you fuck. Know what else Just because you fool yourself doesn't mean you're going to fool me. You see this with women and blacks a lot, where they, they want to skip the 10,000 hours. And they go, stand-up comedy looks fun. Yeah, it is fun. And if you're funny, it's a great vocation. But it takes touring the country in a Honda Civic. It takes 10,000 hours. And mm. they go, eh, I don't like that part. Why don't I just jump ahead maybe 1,000 hours at least and just be nude? I'll fill a club. And Caitlin Bailey, I think, is running that. She's really guilty of that. She's Yeah, she sort of originated it, yeah. Yeah, so she Caitlin Bailey. She's like, I'm a slut. I'm a whore. I, was a, she, I think she sucked some dicks for money for about six months, and that became her thing. I'm the whore prostitute. And you go, honey... There's no shortcut. You gotta go and fucking put in your time. Yeah, I mean, it sometimes works. I mean, but uh, for a little while, eventually, you have to either become an actress or, uh, you know, get good. Yeah, an actress where men write your lines and men direct you, and you're basically just a fucking puppet. Mm-hmm. Yes, be a puppet for the patriarchy. But even Amy Schumer, she sort of did do her ten thousand hours, but then she there was such a massive demand for chicks that they go, okay, you're funny. All right, you're accomplished. All right, uh, we need you to do a show with ten thousand sketches a minute, and you're gonna have to hire all these dudes, and then I want you to do a whole bunch of movies, and you got to come up with this, and you got to write a book, and she eventually ha- almost had to steal to. Meet the the demand. The, the, her supply didn't meet the demand. It was insane. I mean, she's she's gigantic. I thought that uh, Trainwreck was great. I think she should just make movies. Trainwreck I'm was great, but, and men bad, made good. it great. But also, it was ruined by a woman named Judd Apatow, <laughs> who had to add 20 minutes of romance to the end. Uh-huh. Where you go, I get it. They're a thing now. They're a couple. Why am I going on 14 dates with them? Yeah, no, that's not right. Yeah, you're totally right about that. His movies are a little bit too long often. And uh, a woman named Judd Apatow uh, has a lot of money and a lot of influence. And not a lot of editing skills. (laughs) Fucking This is 40 is a challenge to get through. It takes about Uh, 40 years. In Brooklyn, a Baptist church deacon was arrested on bigamy charges after his vindictive wife ratted him out for having a bonus wife. 65-year-old 65, 65 Arturo Reed, who lives in Flatbush with his wife of 12 years, Annette, married a second unidentified woman in Allentown, Pennsylvania, March of last year. Uh, so he's been married, Yeah, what, what did I say? His wife of uh, many years, 12 years, and then in March, so I'm going to pick up another spare wife here. I think uh, it's the true definition of a respectful and godly man. Not only did he stay with his wife, he actually married his side piece. <laughs> you know, I, I was in a similar situation, but my wife wanted me to marry other women. I guess she's part lesbian. And so I, I didn't want to do it, but it meant a lot to her. So I eventually married someone else at the same time. And I was just looking around the room at both my wives, and I just thought, that was really, that was big of me. <laughs> Yeah, it was very big of you. And uh, and here's the what a nightmare to have two wives, though. What a nightmare that would be. Well, if it got me up to one blowjob a week, I think I could live with it. Yeah, I could get upgrade. This Tim Wilson was a comic. He used to have, so if I had multiple wives like a Mormon, I want to hang out with whichever one of you is in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's the true definition of a respectful and godly man. And, I, and it's not specifically mentioned how Annette found out, but photos on Reed's Facebook page, okay, show him cozied up to another woman who is not Annette with captions referring to the woman as my wife, my love, and the most beautiful woman in the world. That might have planted a seed of suspicion. Is this a black man? Yes. Huh. He's a, a deacon in a, in a Baptist church in Flatbush. I mean, what a uh, fucking dummy. Yeah. It's uh, talk about, I mean, just uh, getting greedy for, you know, responsibility, I think. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's taking like care what of the you woman. would imagine an eight year old to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, if Tom Hanks big, if we yeah. had an eight year old adults running around, they go, I have a wife, and then this is also my wife. She's my sweetheart. We're going around and we're going on a vacation in a limousine. <laughs> well, I'm going to shoot a gun. If, uh, if you're wondering, uh, the, the Post interviewed the super of the couple's building in Flatbush who said of Annette, she is so nice, I feel so bad, she's always going to church and cooking and baking cakes for her church. She sounds like a lovely, churchy, God-fearing woman to me. No surprise he cheated on her, though. You know what I mean? You're not going to just fuck the shit out of the cake baker, you know, for the church. Yeah. That's, you, need, you need your side piece out of town for that. You'd go to Allentown. Side piece. Can you imagine all the, the lies you'd have to remember if you were... The thing... Because you know what would happen a bit if you had a mistress? You'd probably see movies with her, and then you say to your wife, remember when we saw the new Star Wars? And she'd go, we didn't see the new Star Wars, and you'd have to go, oh, my fucking God. Oh, yeah. I mean, because it would hit you like that, even though it's a simple enough thing to go, oh, yeah, you're right. No, what am I thinking? You know, like, you could do that, but you're but so would, guilty inside. all the time, that it too. makes it. Well, I don't know. I had a mistress for a while. I had oh. a full-blown... I did oh, it a yeah, couple she tried times. tried to murder you. That was one of them. Yeah, that was a bad situation. I've been living at home, right, with, with my wife, and I'm gone about three weeks out of the month, and that time I'm spending with the mistress, right? So I go home and do that. And they were both mad at me all the time because she had found out, and the other one was like, when are you going to leave your wife? Right. And I was constantly fucking mad. I had the idea of what I was going to do is fake my own death. The way I was going to do it is uh, fall down a flight of stairs, mm-hmm. right, and then be out of view, and then just leave the clothes there and run away <laughs> as if I'd vaporized. He fell down the stairs at 700 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and the impact was so intense, really his bones turned to dust. The other no, you got to walk out. David, my friend uh, David Cohen, I think his name is, did this. You just walk out to sea. Then you swim for a bit, and you go. You get up on the rocks. Okay. And they, the police look for the body for a couple days, and then they go, oh, well. He's committed suicide in the beach. I never wanted to commit fraud. I just wanted to, like, fool one of them, <laughs> you know, really. I had another one, too, for a little while. It was when I first got sober, and you get sober. I don't know if you know this or not, but you just start fucking everybody. Oh, right. Because you need something. And, man, uh, she turned out to be fucking crazy. She had a shotgun that she kept around, like a like a riot gun, you know, the kind? Mm-hmm. And she, uh, she used to always talk about how she was going to fucking blow her brains out, you know, and, and you know, whatever. Um, so she, uh, she was doing that one night with her previous boyfriend, she told me, and the boyfriend got sick of it, threw the gun over the fence into the neighbor's yard. She's hammered, hair's all everywhere and shit, and she goes out with no pants on, just a, just a t-shirt that doesn't cover, and climbed over the fence, one of those tall wooden fences, falls on the other side, it's been raining, she falls in the mud, she's feeling around for the gun, just as she finds it and stands up, the lights come on, and there she's standing muddy, no pants on, holding a riot gun. <laughs> and the only reason she didn't go to jail, I'm sure, is because uh, they were illegal immigrants. 
Oh my God. And they were afraid to turn around. She's lucky she didn't get shot. Yeah, a lot of bad shit can happen when that happens. Hey, by the way, I forgot to mention one thing about Allison Clamp. I remembered some gossip about her. Lovely girl. Uh, she said she didn't agree, she didn't support Anthony, but she's going to come on my show because uh, she needs the publicity. So she thought he was guilty, but thought I have to come on Gavin's show. I need the muck. I need the bucks. So you're gonna do that? No, this happened months ago. She's already done it. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So the gossip is uh, these women. I like Allison, by the way, but mm-hmm. she is ruthless. And uh, women are ruthless. Women are ruthless. And I also heard, by the way, speaking of gossip, that she's been red-pilled. And she is, since that gossip I just told you, she's come over to the dark side and realized how insane feminists are. Wow. What could lead her to that? I wonder. I think Mike Redbar got in there and taught her the ways. That's wow. The okay. Well, that's good news. I'm that's one, one less for them. <laughs> one more for us. Yes. Thank you, Gavin McKinnis. Thanks for having me, Pat. Thank like you, you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Oh, really? Is it over? Find out how to get extra content and bonus material from this and other shows. Go to patreon.com slash NYC. Check it out. Support New York City Crime Report. Go to patreon.com slash NYC. Some exciting news. If you live in Indiana, you don't have to go all the way to Sweden to see me do stand-up. Uh, which people can catch you here in New York City, too. Yeah, all the time. But you can see me in Indiana. Indianapolis, Indiana. The downtown Crackers Club. That's Crackers Downtown, Indiana. Uh, Indianapolis, uh, rather. And I'll be there October 26th to the 29th. October 26th through October 29th. That's six shows at Crackers downtown. Don't miss it. The rare opportunity to see me headlining for money. Save the date, <laughs> Indiana. I'm telling you, get your tickets. It will sell out if they sell enough tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Just That's a keeper. Don't miss it. Yeah. Come, come then. October 26th through 29th. Hey, Gavin. Hi, Pat. How are you? Let's talk about this train wreck. 8.45 last Thursday morning, a, a packed rush hour train. Uh, bore down on the terminal, charging ahead 30 miles an hour. Brakeman must have been on a break. Nervous passengers could tell the train was not slowing as it should. Witnesses at the station confirmed that the machine didn't flinch, and no one could look away as it charged Earl Campbell-like helmet down with maximum force toward what would soon be a giant hole in the line. Uh, yeah, the train was on track for a disastrous impact, making contact with the bumper block, but the defense couldn't hold back the Tyler Rose from smashing through the barriers. 100,000-pound train car, which launched and then barreled through the concourse in the reception area, uh, took out structural supports, collapsed part of the roof. Pretty, uh, pretty gruesome disaster on the whole. It's amazing more people weren't hurt. I was getting on the train. I now commute from the suburbs, and I was getting on the train. I'm new to this commute, and one of the women there said... Uh, uh, who I knew, my lawyer, she said, uh, you're getting on the first train, the first car? And I go, yeah, is that not done? Oh, is that a quiet car or something? What does that work? <laughs> and she goes, no, no, if there's an accident, you'll be killed. That's the first car. No one gets on that car. Oh, wow. Commuters really talk about this. And, and I was thinking, statistically, mathematically, I don't think you've got a good case here. <laughs> I mean, the odds of me dying on the way to the train station are probably much higher yeah, I mean, your odds of falling in the bathtub are probably even higher. Yeah, <laughs> so why am I worrying about what car I'm in? And secondly, that crash that you just described, there was one death. It was a Brazilian lawyer who just moved here. She's got a weird 
Dutch name. Oh, you're talking about uh, Fabiola Bitter de Kroon. Yes, de yes. Kroon. Yeah, tragically killed by the falling debris. Now, she wasn't in the first car. Everyone in the first car was fine. Well, not fine. They were injured, but they were they were they lived. She was part of the falling debris that she, fell on her head. She was, yeah, she was on the platform. Right. Not even on the train. Yes. And the hundreds of people on the train, only 100 out of the 250 were injured. Uh, here's the problem with being in the first car, though, is that the, the first car crashed into the ceiling of the awning, which hangs over the platform, and uh, the ceiling was caved in like a tin can uh, all the way down to the seats. They had to crawl out. So that was a little unnerving, I'm sure. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean... Uh, the thing about the, it being the first car is, I guess, it's the one that actually kind of made the most progress, I think, into the station. The other <laughs> ones were just kind of like, oh, that was bumpy. That was inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, the people in the back car had no idea. They, they just read about it in the post the next yeah, day. Yeah, they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> it was a huge mess. But here's though. the question. While Twisted that's happening metal. and you're on the train, of course fear is a big part of it. But isn't it also, isn't part of your emotion excitement? Isn't it thrilling? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it would... It could not fail to raise your adrenaline level, you know, to be Did like... Did you ever get in a car accident and you were, after it was done, you were laughing your head off like, hysterically? Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> car accidents are really fun. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've only been in, like, one or two, and uh, I, I wouldn't just... Someone came in and immediately mic me. Are you shitting me? No. It must have been John. He said he turned him off. I thought he was kidding. Yeah, turned him off means off. No, but it was... We thought he was so kidding. It was a joke. Did you really turn these off? No, he's saying he didn't. Oh, okay. Well, he clearly did. I walked in, they were off. I know, but he's saying he didn't do it. But you turned them on. Yeah. And he said he turned them off. I'm going to take his word for it. Are they on now? They're on now. Did you turn the mics off? Well, no reason. <laughs> Jesus. No. <laughs> Why would we want you to show? We were recording. Why would we be sitting here? <laughs> I was like, uh, "Are you listening to me?" And I was like, "Yeah." No, I didn't say. I didn't say you listening to me. I said, "Are you shooting?" No, no. I, I just thought you. I was. I just want to know but if you were shooting. Why would you guys have a conversation in front of microphones? <laughs> <laughs> Should we do this another day? Lord. Just, so I think we can make this work. Just do it like a minute ago that you could pick up from there. No. Oh. It was before we started. Oh. Because Keith had come in and interrupted. <laughs> it's all right. No biggie. I mean, for me, he's probably pissed. Well, we still have like an hour. We'll knock it out. <laughs> God damn it. I hope all systems are go here. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. 